this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, everybody. Ears up in depth. I think, Jeremy, I think this is show number 60. Six zero. No, it can't be. I think it is. Well, you called it 58 in the in all social media. Oh, no, that was uh, that was Maddie promoting the last one. Maybe it's 59. I don't know. It's something like that. I don't think it's 60 because I, I actually called it 57 in the title of my <laughs> document, but I could be, I'm, I have a few that were missing, so I'm out of sequence, okay. so I wasn't sure if that was right. Let's call it 60. <laughs> but if it's 60, that would be great. Um, you know, that means it's our diamond show. That's right. That's right. Us in Disneyland, we're going to get the best, the best treatment. Uh, what's happening, everybody? Thanks for sticking around and uh, joining us here tonight on uh, Ears Up In-Depth, where we cover only the news that you need to know about and nothing else. If we don't talk about it, you don't need to know about it Yeah, at all. That's right. Yeah, that's basically, basically what's <laughs> happening. Um, before the show, Jeremy, I was starting to get into a dialogue with you about that new Pixar classic, soon to be classic, I'm sure, because everything instant is instant classic, instant classic, uh, Turning Red. Yeah. Are you familiar with this? this show? I've heard that it's a movie. It is so okay. So you know basically all as as much as I do about it now, right? Um, Turning <laughs> red is a. It's I didn't really realize this to be honest with you um, until I started watching the movie. It's like a coming of age movie. It's like where uh, the main character is basically going through puberty. She gets her period, oh. and that's like the turning red. But she turns into a big panda thing or whatever, and it's sort of like a superhero, you know, thing. She also Wait, so is like sticking up to her family, finding her place in life. You know, the true tween coming of age story. It's like an animated after school special. Do you remember after school special? Of course like I do. CBS. Yeah, they were great. They were so great. Hey, kid, you want to fly? I got something that'll really make you fly. <laughs> um, Wait, so I yeah. want to make sure that I'm clear on what this is describing. You're saying that this is about girls going through puberty yeah. and the movie is called Turning Red. Yeah. And she turns into a red panda, a red red fox, or something like that. She like turns into like a monster. Okay. Yeah. And um, is that sort of supposed to be a a metaphor for yes. oh, what for happens sure. to a girl? Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's yeah. it's weird. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> and I don't know, man. We were all sitting on the couch watching it, and I'm you know actually I'm working on this show, and the first ten minutes were like. I don't know. I was, I almost had a seizure with how quick the cuts were and like how all of these things are flashing by and it's, they're, they're trying to do, trying to cram a lot. They're trying to set a tone, but they don't follow the tone through the movie. It's hard to explain it. There's a lot of like anime references, which I found kind of cool, but it's like quick cuts and flashes and jumping around. It's like, can we, can, what is, what is going on? I'm so annoyed. It was annoying. It was, it was just, it was annoying. Um, and then I didn't like the, I didn't like the way the character was drawn. It was, it was very Wallace and Gromit reminiscent where Wallace and Gromit are, are great. I love Wallace and Gromit, but the way their characters are designed sort of with, uh, with Wallace where he, when he talks, you see all of his teeth and his cheeks are sort of out away from the sides of his teeth. Yeah, I right? know what you mean, but no one looks like that. No one looks like that. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> just stick your hands in your mouth and put. And it was it was sort of like that, but exaggerated for this little girl. And I'm watching her five minutes in. I'm going, all I can look at are the is the gap between the sides of her teeth and her lips. That's all I can yeah. see. You when people talk, you don't see the sides of their teeth. So I thought the character <laughs> design was very weird. It was very distracting. 
And then uh, 10 minutes later, I got up and left. I'm like, I'm not, I can't, I just can't deal with it. it there's something about the way the story was being told. I, I didn't, it didn't sit well. I didn't like it. It was, it was just not interesting. It was actually really irritating. Um, I also liked it better when it was called Teen Wolf, for God's sakes, starring Michael oh. J. Fox. You I know, remember he, went, when he got his period. He went through puberty, turned into a werewolf. That's when the curse hit him. And then he turns into the werewolf and people love him and they're selling shirts and he's a star basketball player. Well, apparently in turning red, she turns into the panda and people start making money off her and like everyone loves her. It's Teen Wolf. Oh, wow. That's all it is. Stolen. Is it, so I'm going to make a TikTok it, video about it. Is it rated G? Because it's like you might not be ready to show that to a three-year-old and, or maybe not even that they it's not that they couldn't watch it but that they might not understand what's going on so like is disney gearing that to a certain age group so that they at least get the I don't lesson know. that i don't know um you know afterwards i you know when i left because i didn't see the majority of the movie i talked to taryn about it. i was like i sort of felt like from what i saw i sort of felt like it was a little too old for her she's a little too young to watch it in terms of like yeah for sure but she's four she doesn't understand what's happening. She just thinks this girl turns into like a big, a big monster and it's funny. And with she, cause she has a big poofy tail. So it's fine. Right. Yeah. Which know. is maybe why that works. Maybe that's yeah. like the creative way that they're telling that. And that's why that works. Or maybe it doesn't cause you walked out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I don't know. I mean, Tara was like, yeah, it's fine. It was okay. It wasn't great. I don't know. I just, I didn't, I didn't like it. I was talking to Maddie and Brittany about it. They're like, we loved it. It was cute. Oh, I, I reminisced. I, 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 it resonated with us like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I just it seemed like they were trying to make a movie geared towards maybe eight to 16 year old girls. And they did that. Right. But I, so, for better or worse, they I did. Guess I guess then if that was the goal, then success is yeah. is theirs. They did it. I just didn't like the execution was weird. I don't know. Character design was weird. The, everything was fluffy and round. It just I, I don't know bug me yeah but that's okay jeremy it's not all about me for some reason yeah and when i was a little kid like i didn't know anything like i watched my parents didn't care what we watched and i think there was a lot of stuff like i don't think i realized that julia roberts in pretty woman was selling herself for sex (laughs) right i just was like oh he picked her up on the street and she's kind of trashy she's trashy yeah exactly yeah but like i didn't know what any of that meant yeah do you know yeah, but I loved that movie as a kid. Still do. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what age I was where I was kind of like, "Oh, got it." <laughs> ah, she's a hooker. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So you know, it doesn't matter. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, there you go. Turning red. That's my my after fifteen minute my fifteen minute watching. It pass. I don't need to. I just didn't like it. Didn't like it. And maybe because I didn't have that, that like, you know, pubescent path in life, but I just, uh, from like a story standpoint and like an, uh, um, uh, just tolerating the dialogue and the, the, actually the, the tone and the pitch of the, of the lead character. Uh, I just, it, I couldn't, couldn't be bothered. It was like, man, this is upsetting to me somehow. There is, there does seem to be this desire on this new generation that, that everything has to be about them. Like, Oh, I, I, I see myself in that. I connect with that. Like, I never envisioned myself on the Titanic. Okay. <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't have to be seen. I I just want to enjoy whatever their story is. So yeah. Yeah. But there for is, sure. that seems to be this new generation wants everything to be about them. And if they, if they don't make a connection with it, then they don't really care for it or they or they put entertainment value in that, I guess is the other way to put it. Yes. Whereas I, I don't know that I necessarily would. Yeah. The, the enjoyment they receive from the movie is higher if they see themselves in it, which, um, you know, I wonder if that's every movie or if we're just with some movies. Uh, but I think there's, you know, on the other side of that, I think there's a draw for the studios to make movies specifically and formulaically to target other people's feelings. And, and which mm-hmm. is not, I'm not saying anything untrue or, or, out, or like revolutionary, but with stuff like that, like we want to represent certain groups of people, um, specifically so they feel good ab- about the, the thing and like and that's cool and I'm not saying that's wrong but sometimes it, it it's obvious that that's what they're doing and I felt like that watching this movie it was like okay this is very pointed and very focused and um and maybe it's not I you know I, I I don't know but it just it felt like you're playing mad libs with a script you're like <laughs> you know this uh you know insert heritage here young 
you know, insert, you know, male or female, you know what I mean? It's like, you just, yeah, you're combining stuff. Right. Like maybe there's a more artful way to do that. So people don't, maybe it's not so obvious. Yeah. But then also the other side of that is I, I, I'm, I'm in my own glass case of emotions. Like I, I very, very pigeonholing myself into what I like and what I don't like. So my ideas are fringe. (laughs) I may not represent most people at all with most things that I say. Um, but (laughs) yeah, I just offer my opinion. And if you disagree, that's fine. You know, whatever, but exactly. Movie was weird. Speaking of things being weird, Jeremy. Yeah. Tell me about something weird. This first article, I'm just going to pull from uh, the site called the takeout and it's about a new food in the Disney parks, specifically, I believe, uh, California adventure food and wine festival. Oh, yeah, that's going on right now, I think. Right now. And you know that uh, the Food and Wine Festival is sort of known for their unique take on dishes and and, and the way they sort of serve, you know, little bites and sips. But you get stuff that you frequently can't get at the parks. It's not really park food. It's just, you know, upscale food or just different kinds of food and just different ways of serving food and drinks to to people to maybe sort of broaden their horizons a little bit. Well, apparently... (laughs) There's a uh, there's a dish that people are calling divisive, and I don't know, I don't oh. think food should ever be divisive. So already I'm like, let's read on and see how I can you know tear this apart. And maybe this person's not wrong. I don't know. It's called dessert pasta. Have you heard uh, of such a thing? No, but I I think I know where you're going. You look uncomfortable. <laughs> it's a peanut butter and jelly pasta. And it's now available at the Nuts About Cheese stand in Disneyland as part of the Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival. Well, what does that have to do with cheese? Uh, That's a good question. Oh, it's a mac and cheese. The peanut butter and jelly mac involves macaroni noodles coated in a peanut butter sauce and finished off with a dollop of strawberry jelly, a sprinkle of brown sugar streusel, and a layer of strawberry crackle, which which is like Pop Rocks or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if there's cheese in it. I mean, I guess it's mac and cheese. I don't know. Um, this is from uh, Julie Tremaine, who has been on the Supreme Resort. She writes for SF Gate, and apparently this article is quoting her. Julie says, quote, the first bite, I got only the peanut butter coated pasta and none of the toppings. That was savory and strange. Not my favorite flavor combination, especially when it came in the form of a should have been creamy sauce dried onto a pasta. Apparently it was like a little dry and weird. I don't know. But after, okay. but after tasting a bite with a bit of everything on top, that was different. Uh, quote, all of a sudden, there was a savory slash sweet slash fruity combination that worked, especially propelled by the popping sensation that lasted throughout the bite. The popping is like the, the strawberry pop rocks on the top, I guess. Mm. Uh, at that point, I was pleasantly surprised. End quote. Uh, it might not be the sort of thing uh, she or anyone would order again, but it definitely proved to be a worthy experiment on the part of the food and wine festival. Dessert pasta apparently is a real concept that dates back to the Italian Renaissance. Uh, so it's not something this person just made up. So they're just taking an old food and sort of putting a new spin on it. Well, it doesn't sound very good to me, but I'm going to say that I think this is great because even <laughs> though I don't want it, I think this is Disney is the place where you should be able to go and try something a little zany and like, you know what, your kid. Oh, yeah. You know what I had today? You know, you take your five year old kid and then you you ask the grandparents, ask them later. How was your day at Disney? It's like I had dessert that was spaghetti. You know, like that's what would happen. That's that's fine. (laughs) Also, I really like when you order from the Chinese restaurant, they have that peanuts. Like it's like it's basically spaghetti in like peanut butter sauce, but it's more. Oh, yeah. It's a a Thai peanut sauce. Yeah, yeah, that I love. That's my favorite yeah. thing in the world. It's good. Thai so, peanut sauce. I wouldn't want to put. I don't want to put pop rocks on it though. Well, then I think that's the thing. Where it's like, I mean, why peanut butter and jelly? To me, that's weird. And of course, it works. It's like eating a. It's like eating a creamy sandwich. I don't want to do that. Yeah, it's weird. Well, but I also think adults will gravitate towards that. Like, remember that big, the big run that um, the fancy uh, grilled cheese sandwich had like several years back. Mm. There were grilled cheese sandwich places opening up all over San Francisco. It's like everywhere. Yeah. It's like, oh, upscale grilled cheese sandwich. And that just <laughs> went off a cliff real fast, man. I know, but I like them. I like that. Whatever you want to do to fancy up a grilled cheese, I'm on board. Put mushrooms, sure. anything. Put mushrooms, why not? It, but what made me sort of 
withdraw when you first said that was because it made me think of something they do at our food and wine festival that's happening right now at Epcot. The flower and garden festival is called Frushi and it's, it's a dessert sushi at the Japan booth, but instead of fish, it's rice with like whipped cream and fruit. So it's like, uh, you know, strawberries or kiwi or whatever, things like that. So it, it's a, it's like a sweet that uses rice as a base. So no, um, my, I know people swear by, it. I've never t- tasted it. Cause I, I don't like mixing s- those kind of flavors, but um, you know, my friend Libby, she's, uh, she's over the moon for it. So <laughs> who am I to judge? Uh, have you heard, speaking of uh, weird food, have you heard of, uh, I'm going to say this wrong, but it's like spaghetti. Titus. It's Ger- <laughs> it's German. It's German. And it's no, it's it's spaghetti ice cream. But it's ice cream in the shape of spaghetti. So you take uh, like vanilla ice cream and you 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 run it through like a press, basically like Play-Doh, yeah. right? And it sure. curls up in the thing and then you you take like a like a strawberry reduction sauce and you pour it over and then um you know, maybe white chocolate on top or whatever. And it looks like spaghetti with sauce on it, but it's, it's ice cream. I like that. I'm going for that. That's fine. I'll eat that. I like anything in the shape of spaghetti. Like I love those shoelace, those strawberry shoelaces that are basically like, you know, it's kind of like a Twizzler, but like it just mm-hmm. comes in like a big nest of like string. And you just <laughs> eat it. I love that. That's great. That's like spaghetti. So... 21st Amendment Brewery's latest beer release, Tropical Brew Free or Die IPA, puts an island vacation in their whimsically designed cans. That's right, cans. This refreshing year-round release, Tropical IPA, is brewed with pale and Munich malts, brimming with a Zaka, Citra Cryo, and Mosaic hops, and topped with a splash of pineapple flavor. The result is a clean, refreshing beer featuring a mix of sweet malt, balanced bitterness, fruit-forward hops, and a nice tropical vacation at the finish. Tropical Brew for Your Die IPA is available at your local good beer shop, neighborhood taproom, and anywhere else people come together to find great craft beer. That's right. All right, Jeremy, what you got? What's in the news today, buddy? Well, everything changed. You know, I remember you and I were talking yesterday because we were like, oh, there's nothing going on. What are we going to talk about? We had a, right. You got any stories? I don't have any stories, whatever. Yeah. And then I came up with a few and then I had to throw them away because today at five o'clock news broke. I was coming out of uh, a store and I got into my car and I had like 30 text messages. Everybody's <laughs> pissed off. Like I had so much. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to change everything. Okay. What is it? We have breaking news coming out of Disney. They don't have enough money, says the guy in power. Yet Disney is building a new DVC tower. <laughs> Just last week at his shareholders uh. meeting, when taking questions from investors, Disney CEO Bob Chapek claimed several of the promised projects that were touted as part of the Epcot expansion were on hold due to a lack of cash flow. Following Disney's parks closures and financial difficulties related to the COVID pandemic. But just today, a week later, Disney was out with an announcement about a brand new DVC, which if for those of you who aren't familiar is the Disney Vacation Club. So a brand new Disney Vacation Club expansion, this time coming to Disney's Polynesian Village. Oh, no, not the Poly, which I've never stayed at and I'm already like highly offended. Uh, never stayed there myself, but yeah. this is sacred ground. Yes, absolutely. You know, I've never been to the Sistine Chapel, but don't screw with it. <laughs> don't put another hotel next to it. Yeah, don't put it <laughs> no, on the hotel. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the new DVC tower, well, I've sort of been to the Sistine Chapel because, you know, spaceship birth. <laughs> the new DVC right. tower will be built where the current Luau Cove stands. So if you've ever been to Disney's Polynesian Village and you've taken part, they have this uh, their take on a luau, um, it's where the spirit of Aloha Dinner Show took place. That's their take on a luau. The beloved show has been taking place in several in several versions since the early 1970s when the hotel opened. And this is particularly close to my heart right now because I'm working on a Spectro Time segment about the music of Disney's Polynesian Village, which will oh, be coming out right. next week. That's right. Oh, no. 
And so I'm very much like really I'm into the history and I'm reading about the architecture of Polynesian Village and I'm reading about the 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 show and the the person who originated it. There's so much interesting history there. And today, a week before I present this, I'm hearing about how they're just knocking it all down. <laughs> <laughs> so like many live entertainment options, it was paused during the pandemic. But Disney has now confirmed with the announcement of the new DVC Tower that the spirit of Aloha will not be returning to the Polynesian and the actors who took part in that have been notified. Their jobs are done. So welcome to our Polynesian hotel without a luau because it's gone. Uh, the tower is expected to open in the second half of 2024. The design is a noticeable departure from the rest of the architecture at the Polynesian village, which features long, low buildings, no more than three stories high that are meant to be reminiscent of an actual Polynesian village with those buildings surrounding what's called the Great Ceremonial House, which is modeled after Tahitian Royal Assembly Lodge. Even the opening day publicity release for the hotel describes it as follows, quote, the Polynesian Village Hotel offers our guests excellent accommodations in a peaceful village atmosphere. The concept art for the new hotel doesn't look particularly Polynesian in style. It's more of a mid-century modern design that many are comparing to the design of the now canceled Reflections Hotel that was supposed to be built adjacent to the Wilderness Lodge. Hmm. So some are claiming that they just took this design and okay. said, put it over at the Polly and call it a DVC. Ugh. Should we look at it? Should I share this? Share it. Yeah, let's share it. I know it doesn't make great podcasting, but I'll tell you what it does make. Uh, Jeremy angry. <laughs> well, also, guys, go to my Twitter account at Spectral underscore radio, and I've retweeted this with lots of snark. So go nuts if you really want to see this. It looks. What are your thoughts? You've been to you've seen the Polynesian Hotel. Um, I've seen the Polynesian. I've been inside the Polynesian Hotel. Yeah, I, uh, God, yeah, it looks like sort of, it's, it, there's two colors of brown, <laughs> so there's that, there's like a mocha, and then there's like a chocolate, and that's it, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. almost like the Grand Californian, so it's almost like Craftsman. It does look like the Grand Californian. Yeah, but it's, it, but it is sort of that mid-century modern-esque, but it also sort of looks like a mall. There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing, there's no real personality with it. You know, you can see all the angle, all the, the balconies and stuff like that. And it, I, I don't know. It, I, I can't describe it any better than, you know what it sort of looks like? It sort of looks like some of those new hotels um, that are down by Disneyland. Like it, it sort of looks like, yeah, it sort of looks like a modern, I mean, it looks like a modern hotel. It doesn't look it like it should be part of the Polynesian. It doesn't look like it should be anywhere near that area because it doesn't look anything like the way the Polynesian looks. At all. It looks completely different. It looks like it looks like a mall. You're going to walk in, you're going to go to Saboro and get a slice of pizza and then buy shoes. Yeah, it, it looks like any mixed use space in any development yeah. across the country. This could yes. be in, this could be outside of Chicago. And where are the torches? Polynesian Village is filled is lit with all those torches. I don't see any in the concept art here. This is a pedestrian plaza mall. It looks exactly like the concept art for what they're doing in downtown Disney in California. Yes, it does. Yeah. Exactly. This this is a strip mall thing. This should this is not this doesn't belong in the culture that they're trying to portray with the Polynesian. And maybe maybe that's on purpose is because, you know, there's a lot of like, oh, cultural appropriation with the whole Tiki and the Polynesian thing. But as far as I can tell, the they did they, they did the Polynesian pretty well. Uh, it's not just one thing. This is bland. There's no personality to it at all. There's no culture reference at all it's just sort of boring yeah it's, you could put this anywhere you could put this um in canada in the philippines you can put it you can put it in mexico you can put it anywhere there's no sense of place there's no sense of belonging with it it just sort of exists yeah i don't like it's it. unimaginative creatively vacant boring I, you, I don't know what other horrible words I can describe it, which is not what Disney does. I mean, this is what Disney used to do. You go to the Polynesian and it takes your breath away. You feel mm -hmm. so transported. Yes, right. And this doesn't feel like that. This looks like you transported me to Vancouver. Correct. Um, so I'm really offended by this. And um, I would like you to take it off full screen now so I can continue with my reading. <laughs> Am I distracting you? 
because I was like, wait, where's my write up? And I was like, I realize it's behind. (laughs) (laughs) Opinions of the new DVC tower are all over the place, though. Jason, we are not representative of the full spectrum of opinions on Facebook groups that are devoted to DVC members. They seem to be reacting overwhelmingly positive to the news and design of the new accommodations. But over on Diz Twitter with the diehards lurk, such as myself, the reception has been, shall we say, a bit more tepid. Would you like to hear some of that reaction? No. Okay, well, story's over. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. Go ahead. Give me the reaction. At Diz Nick says, welcome to Disney's Polynesian Resort, sponsored by Marriott. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I was going to say Sonder Hyatt. Quest. It looks like a Hyatt. It, it, it does look, like, look a like a Hyatt. Yeah. It looks like a Hyatt, like one of the long, long-term, like Hyatt Place or yeah. whatever. Yes, it does. Uh, right. At SonderQuest says, generic resort tower number 15 coming soon. Placing this next to the Polynesian of all resorts is just insulting. Looks like an average apartment building in Charlotte. They de- they <laughs> demolish a historic business to construct. Yeah. I've got a couple more. They're pretty good. At Persimmon Falls, who usually has some pretty good takes, says, I love how Bob Chapek saved the closing of Spirit of Aloha at Polynesian and the addition of a heartless, greedy tower of ugliness at the Polynesian for after the shareholders meeting. What a creep. <laughs> um, well, there's one more. Oh, John dbm says remember when imagineers cared about sight lines and one project impacting others fast forward to today's pitiful excuses for imagineers who are happy to ruin the aesthetic of the lake and wouldn't know theming and sight lines if they bit them on the butt i personally like that one because finally someone else is going after these imagineers besides me that's right you're the imagineer hunter dude. i am the imagineer <laughs> hunter and someone else said they're building a ramada next to the poly it seems how much more <laughs> proof do we need that this company lacks any sort of imagination or creativity or even desire to make things with th- with thematic integrity that was tweeted out by someone by the account with this account called at spectro underscore radio i don't know <laughs> <laughs> wow what a smooth so brain take that was whoever that guy is yeah, I gotta yeah. get get that one on the on the air. So that's what's happening. Disney's Polynesian Village is getting a vacation club expansion, and Disney diehards are not happy about it. It doesn't look good, and we're losing live entertainment, which I just think is also yeah, that's real terrible. sad. They didn't even yeah. say like, oh, we're gonna build a new Luau Cove, we're gonna move it over. Nope, it's gone. Get lost, losers. That's Disney's message to us these days. For sure. Yeah. Why spend money on entertainers when you can make money on renting rooms? Right. It'll probably have a Starbucks in it. I mean, he, oh, for sure. It'll probably be one on every floor. What I don't understand, though, is that the target audience is the DVC members. And if they all seem to like it, then it doesn't really, then it's irrelevant what anybody else thinks. I, I guess, but I guess, again, right? Yeah. I don't know. Let's go back to my Sistine Chapel analogy. I've never been there and I'm not Catholic, but I wouldn't like it if they destroyed it. Sure. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there, it, there is something about, I think that the guests who aren't necessarily staying at those deluxe resorts who are taking the ferry or taking the monorail through and enjoying the views of these, you know, really distinctive architectural buildings are losing something. And they yes. are still paying to be at Disney World. But you know that Disney doesn't care about sightlines because we have barges. Oh, and sightlines have been gone for a long time. I mean, yeah. they haven't cared. It's just we just keep getting hit with it every time we turn around. But no, they don't care about sightlines. It's, no. o- it's over with sightlines. Yeah. They are cramming as much in. They don't care how ugly it is. If they cared about sightlines, when you were pulling up to this uber immersive experience at their <laughs> Star Wars hotel, you wouldn't be able to see the back of the Star Wars like mountains standing on posts. I mean, it's like, oh, you've got to be immersed. We can't take you out of it. But here we are going to drive you behind it and you can see all the back of the, the the stage it's so stupid and the, the problem is is disney has done this to themselves because for years these imagineers were on their high horse preaching to <laughs> us about how freaking perfect they did everything yep. and for a long time they did but that set our expectation at a certain level and this new generation of imagineers who's lazy and and you know inept <laughs> Is riding on those coattails, but our expectations are still of what the original generation did. Well, yes. And whose whose fault is that? The Imagineers. It's our fault. We don't learn. And the only way we're going to learn, the only way we're going to learn, and the only way the park is going to learn is if we stop going. Well, it's just that we're but learning we're a hard gonna, lesson, but Disney yeah, has but, done a bait and switch. They built it and they described it and they marketed it as one thing in mm-hmm. the 70s and 80s. And now we've got these losers. 
then they're the, steering the ship. Right. And this is, and you know, and I'm not saying this specifically for you because it's, you know, for me also, it's like, you know, as much as we complain about the parks and if, if we really think that they're, they're ruining the parks, we write a letter and we don't go and we tell them we're not going to go back. We've sort of it, but people will still complain and then they will go and they will complain and they'll make a YouTube video about them complaining and then they'll get paid from YouTube to complain and they'll just keep doing it and they'll make more people complain and everyone's complaining. I hear you. I, so I have a couple, I have a couple things to say about this. Got Actually, I have three things to say about this. One, no, only two. Do, you, you don't bait and switch me. You sold me on two, on a I couple. Okay. Now here we get three. Now here we get what's going on with this loser count. One, yes. and this is more a personal thing. I don't know, maybe, but like there, I have not renewed my annual pass to Disneyland. I have no intentions of doing so. Mm. I don't feel like I go as much. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying merch anymore. I have really, it like, I do feel like they have pushed me to a point. Now I'm going to keep my annual pass at Disney World. I may not keep it at the top level. I might go down to a cheaper level that has some blackout dates yeah. because I don't see that I'm getting the the return anymore sure. and i don't have the desire to go i mean if illuminations was still happening i'd be over there four or five nights a week but i can't like harmonious you can't i can't I avoid that thing at all costs it's terrible <laughs> yeah so they've i feel like there's just if this is death by a thousand cuts and yes i'm on life support over here yeah I'm, I'm that's how close to it i am and yet the parks are just making more money than ever which leads me to my second point yeah because i think that so, you know, you and me are of a generation where we're these diehards. We went there when it was in its heyday and they, they weren't building ugly buildings. They were, you know, they were doing everything immersive. To, it was perfect. It was when the, that original generation of Imagineers plus the new, the sort of newer generation, Joe Rody. I mean, he didn't let anything out of place at Animal Kingdom. And I think that as youngsters and young adults, we became diehards because of that. You know, there there was no other place in the world like these parks. Well, I the thing that I don't think will happen is these mediocre architecture and diluting the magic and diluting the theming. I don't think that they are currently nurturing a new generation of diehards. So they're going right. to get a new, a passive fan base that I think will be more susceptible to changes in the economy if things aren't you know we'll still go we always would go but i think when the economy gets rough you're going to get casual fans who are like well we don't have to go there this year i don't think that there's going to be that magnetism and so i think that they're not cultivating a new diehard fan base and that will probably have long-term impacts i believe but it Mm. might could be wrong yeah and the third thing i want to (laughs) say i wanted to start the show with it is actually like because i knew i was going to be getting a little fired up tonight is that (laughs) a little bit okay I do feel like I have to say, like, this is just in Disney. I know that this is not the most important thing going on in the world today. And I knew I was going to get fired up. And like, obviously, there are things that are way people have it way worse than complaining about the architecture of a new vacation club hotel that I'm not even a member of. And, you know, there's all that going on. So I did want to say, like, I know it sounds trite, but just take ourselves out of it for a minute. This is my one hour to go nuts on Disney. So that's it. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. Punch it. Punch it. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back here and talk a little more Disney news. Uh, Hang on. Don't go anywhere. In-depth, reporting Disney news that's probably not made up. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe it isn't made up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I made the whole thing up. It's not true. (laughs) And there's actually no such resort as Polynesian. Well, you know what, uh, Jeremy, speaking of hotels, we've talked a bit about the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser on this show, the Halcyon, right? The new glorified hotel, the new glorified uh, uh, dinner theater show and all the public relations issues Disney was seeing whenever they released a new video or a piece of content about the whole hotel experience. More and more, we were hearing of reservations being canceled almost as fast as some of Disney's social media hyping the hotel up in the first place. So leading up to the opening day, there was much talk of the failure of the whole deal and how it was hopefully too extravagant to be a complete dud. Even though it was still failing, people were like, well, it's so big, it can't fail. It's like the banks in you know, 2008 or whatever. Like, oh, they're too big to fail. They're never right. going to fail. 
but everyone's canceling and it's just creating this weird panic and uh you know the disney blog cycle was definitely not helping that uh disney brought in a bunch of social media and press a week before opening to give them a four-hour preview of what semi-normal guests can experience on their full 48-hour trip and I say semi-normal because four to $6,000 for two days is not in a normal budget for normal families. Maybe I'm just projecting, but anyway, the press coverage and the blog posts were mostly glowing, promising a revolutionary adventure for any Star Wars fan. And we sat here on this show and talked about how once the general public was able to get in for the full English, Rezies would spike and the, rule, the world would be righted once more, right? That's what we sort of talked about. Once the yeah. normies got in the doors... And once the full reviews and all those blogs and YouTube videos hit, people would see that and be a little less scared because they don't have a short guy saying punch it, you know, (laughs) (sighs) on our last show, we reported that the hotel is now open to the general public and has been for, I don't know, about two weeks, I think at this point of of recording of this. So how are the reservations going? You ask? Well, as reported by uh, SF Gate, the hotel, which has a capacity of 100 rooms, has been shown to have plenty of vacancies throughout the 2002 availability calendar. And according to the uh, the article in SF Gate, almost every day of the second half of 2022 from August on is available to book. So ah. there is not the demand for this sort of immersive storytelling experience uh, that Disney thought there was going to be. Boy, I mean, it just, it does seem, it's only, and that's the thing, it's only got 100 rooms. So, it's only 100 rooms, man. That's That's crazy that it's not more, more booked because it's it's got a very tight capacity. Yeah. And I'm sure that went into the planning of this too. Like, how big should we make it? Oh, well, it's very expensive. So, let's not make it too big. To really ensure that we get, you know, sell out. And I I would bet that there are talks about that, about um, how it would look to not sell this thing out, you know, for the first few years. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah. Imagine every two days you, you, you still have rooms just vacant. And I wonder what that does for the experience of the people that are going, you know, because they say like you should interact with each other. Ugh, I know. Yeah, nothing like going to a hotel and having to interact with the other guests. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, I, 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 I've already said I don't want to do it. I'm not interested. in If it was like a half a day thing or whatever, maybe like an escape room <laughs> or something. Sure. Yeah. But this, um, I, 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 there's better places to spend my money than, than doing this. And apparently there's a lot of other people, too, because from August on every day, you, there's, there's no reservations. Six months out. There's no reservations. No, there's every every day is for, is open. You can get reservations. Yes, yes, yeah. bookings. There's no bookings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the only thing is, I mean, you have to be careful with these because it's um, one room could open up and it could look like there's a, it looks open, right? Like mm-hmm. you only need one person to cancel and suddenly it's not fully booked. So 99 out of 100 could be booked, which is actually pretty good. You know, I think hotels I see target like an 83%, va- an 80 three percent uh booking rate to be mm-hmm. successful and disney typically is at in the 90s um i so see what you're saying so you have be. you have you have not, what you're saying is you could have five rooms open but everybody who's looking at the calendar is going wow there's availability geez and that's a good correct and that's a really good point especially because of all the um you know the the disney fan blogs out there who were cranking that wheel milling that grain, you know, smashing that grain to make flour out of, out of this story right? for weeks and almost months where it's like, well, people are canceling. There's plenty of rooms. We don't actually know that could be one family canceled, but now the there's an side of that is right. The flip side of that is though, we were told in the months leading up to this, it's so successful. We're already sold out. Yeah. Well, no, you're not. And two, you would think that if it's that close, if it's only one room, if it's only two rooms, that that would only be one or two nights around, right? If they're mm-hmm. that close to being at that capacity, then it wouldn't be swaths of days available. So I actually don't think it's just one room or two rooms because there's so many days that are showing that. So right, yeah, you would. That's true. You know, you would. It would be. It would be booked booked up without availability more often. So I do think that there's a problem there. I think there's a problem, but you know, it could be 10 rooms. 
could be 15 rooms. So even 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 if they had 75 rooms booked, that's still pretty good. I mean, that's still a lot of people there. It's not a failure by any stretch. But the way that it gets written up right. in the press is there's a problem, folks, that there are tons of available rooms and tons of this and what's going to happen. And it's like and I guess I'm a part of it, too, because I'm literally reporting the same thing. Um, but I'm reporting on what other people are saying. I'm not making it up on my own. Um, but it's if that's a difference. It, so, yeah, I think I think you're right. And the, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Usually, I think there's a problem. Yeah. Maybe I, I, I'm sure that people at Disney are like, oh, I really would have preferred to have all these dates booked for six months out. But sure. we're still running at, you know, like you said, 83, 85 percent capacity, maybe 70 percent capacity. We're still doing fine. We're doing all right. Yeah, the the only thing for Disney is, though, they are not concerned with the number of people in the hotel. They are concerned with rooms booked mm-hmm. because. Right. You can fit four. I, I think there's some that fit six. So you want those rooms booked. Cause actually if the other room, if there's rooms that aren't booked, but the other rooms are filled to capacity, you're actually not making as much money on average per head as you would if you had like two in every room booked. So they do want those rooms booked. Yes. So for sure. It's, it's Absolutely. Definitely. But here's the thing. And this occurs to me as we're talking about this, because it's like they seem to be at such opposite ends of the spectrum. We just got done talking about how they built this. They're building this massive hotel that couldn't be more generic and less immersive. (laughs) And then on the other hand, it's like, oh, no, you can't just come here and stay. You have to be part of the story and interact. And there's this and there's that. It's like, hey, guys, you actually had a good thing going when you just put really nice, non-generic hotels with great theming. You don't have to go all the way over here or all the way over here. Just build some nice hotels that don't look like every other hotel around the world that were great. But they I don't know right. what lessons this company's learning from itself. Well, it's funny you say that because all anybody wants to do is spend the night in a ride at Disneyland, right? Mm-hmm. All anybody wants to do is have dinner in the ballroom of the Haunted Mansion. Or stay on, you know, Puerto Dorado in in Pirates. Or, you know what I mean? They want to experience the inside of the ride. That's what the hotel should be. Maybe not that, like, intense. And obviously, you know, you're not, like, on a ride. But that's what these hotels, I think, I would like them to be more of. Is more themed, sort of like the ride. Like, you're in the thing. I I love the lobby of the Polynesian. The lobby of the um, Alani in Hawaii. Yeah. Great, great hotel. It was really, really cool. Very, very different. Yeah. It's not the Radisson. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not these like sort of basic blah, you know, whatever. Even you go to the Disneyland hotel, they have the big wall of merch and they try to make it as different as possible with the teacups you can sit in and, you know, whatever. Grand California, same thing. We don't want to stay in hotels that look like every other stupid hotel. And I'm sure the lobby of this thing is going to look fine, but the outside of these hotels look pretty cool. I mean, the Disneyland Hotel sort of just looks like a, a remnant of the 80s, but or the, even the 60s and 70s, because it is. But the Grand Californian looks really cool. Polynesian looks amazing out front. The Grand Floridian looks amazing. It's just there are these, these things that make it appealing to stay in. And it's aesthetics, and it's how they're themed. And, and if you just have this generic outcropping of a hotel, I don't know. But then again, DVC people are, are into it, it sounds like. So... I guess. I mean, maybe we haven't heard from all of them, but if I was DVC, I wouldn't be happy about this. It's a lot of money to plunk down. I don't want that. I want to say at the Grand the the Grand Floridian ones or the Wilderness Lodge ones or Kidani Village that actually has I mean, the the theming of Kidani Village at Animal Kingdom Lodge is so beyond. But you also don't feel like you're in a different hotel than if you were just over at the regular Animal Kingdom Lodge. The yeah. lobby is just they're they're both equally well done and it's hard to actually tell you when I'm there, I forget. I'm like, are we at Jumbo house or are we at Kidani? And you will know where you are at this place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it looks completely different. So, and the other thing is too, I think, you know, you, you said like the Polynesian lobby, the wilderness lodge lobby, the grand Californian lobby, the grand Floridian lobby, even the Caribbean beach resort lobby, which is a moderate hotel. They have a lot of detail and are really well done. Well, Disney's Riviera, the new Coronado Springs tower, they look like you walk in, it's like you feel like you're at the higher agency. There's no, it's just, it's, it's just modern furniture. And like, I wonder what that is. I mean, maybe they want an option for for people who don't necessarily need to be immersed in stuff, but then why are you going to Disney? But then they can stay off property. (laughs) (laughs) They can stay home. That's not what this is. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, no, it's just really frustrating and sad. I mean, you walk into some of these hotels and it's just like, 
Gosh, I was just in there. The lights were low. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So <laughs> it's exactly how I feel at some of them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The lights were low. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The lights were low. Calm down, dude. It's not on or off. You can actually dim lights these days. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Well, Jason, yes. confusing is the word we now associate with the Disney brand. So now they're <laughs> launching a podcast that's here to help you plan. <laughs> Disney has been getting an increasing amount of bad press and bad feedback about how difficult it is just to plan a vacation these days. So not only are these places uninspiring to visit, but it's really annoying and hard to do. That's why you use concierge, everybody. That's a great point. Don't learn about stuff. Go to concierge.com. It was always a little daunting visiting four parks in one world. Yes, with the confusion, But with the confusing additions like Genie, Genie Plus, Lightning Lane, and the Disney Parks reservation system that works alongside park tickets, average visitors and Disney veterans alike are finding the experience rife with frustrations. The complaints are not confined to Diz Twitter. Oh, well, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Or the Disney press we often refer to here. But the mainstream media is starting to pick up on these stories. The Toronto Sun reported in December with a headline, quote, Disney's new line system driving park goers bibbity bobbity bonkers. (laughs) (laughs) That's about Uh, the most aggressive uh, Canadian headline I've ever heard. (laughs) It totally is. In January, the New York Post featured an article on guest frustrations describing, quote, customers griped that the visit has become unmanageable and miserable, noting that once free services like Disney's FastPass to skip the line now costs an additional $15 per person and that at certain on-site Disney lodgings, the company is charging extra for ice. Oh, so unreal. I, I was actually tweeting about this the other day. Because a coworker of mine was coming to Florida and she said, hey, like, can you give me some tips? Like, we're going to go to Disney one day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I don't. Now, it used to be that I had the standard letter that I would write and like sort of <laughs> tweak it depending on how many kids they had and how old they were okay. and all that. Yeah. And I yes. literally at this point, I was like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Because I don't know how to explain this. So like I tweeted the other day, Fast Pass is now Lightning Lane. But to get Lightning Lane, you have to buy Genie Plus. But sometimes you have to buy Lightning Lane to get Lightning Lane, not just Genie Plus, because it's not always with Genie Plus. How much does it cost? Well, that depends. What's the regular Disney Genie without the Plus? Well, that's kind of nothing, really. It, like, makes your head spin. <laughs> and then, that's well, right, because some rides are not on the Lightning Lane thing, so you have to buy them separate from the pass. Right. right. So if you go up and say, hey, I'd like to buy Lightning Lane because I want to get to the front. They're going to be like, well, actually, you buy Genie Plus, but that gives you access to Lightning Lane. So then if you say, well, I want to go on that ride, they go, oh, well, but that when you buy Lightning Lane. Right. Are you guys kidding me? <laughs> this is just a web of like ridiculous nomenclature. All they had to do is be like, we're charging for FastPass now. Goodbye. Everybody already knew what it was. Now they would just understand that it costs money instead of being free. Right. That's all they had to do. It's like with Tomorrowland. How like it looks modern, it, like it looked modern when they opened it and all they had to do was nothing and it would still look modern, but they didn't. They like ruined it. Yeah. But don't worry. None of this confusion is going to last because Disney is here to help. They're going to sort this out for you. We've always had the Disney moms panel. Yes. Which I still need to be on. Well, you can't be on the Disney moms panel because what yeah. it is called now is the plan Disney panel. I don't think the moms panel was very inclusive. Finally. And I was saying this. When I first learned that the men were allowed on the mom's panel, I remember this. Why is it still called the mom's panel? Is Derek a mom? No. (laughs) Is Chet a mom? Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Why is it mom's? Oh, because moms do the vacation planning? Wow. Way to be modern, Disney. So sexist. So now it's planned Disney. Let me guess. It's lowercase p. And then capital D, like run Disney, but planned. Oh, God. Yeah. Cool, dude. But don't worry. It's still got the same saccharine responses to gas questions. And since it's been a while, would you like to hear one of the latest questions on the planned Disney panel? Yes, I really do. And I'm going to give you the response, too. Okay. Here's the question. Here's the question. Hi, we are all visiting all four parks in mid-August, and I'm wondering if it is worth it to get the Genie Plus upgrade. What a loaded also, question. What a loaded also, question. 
Hey, Jeannie, is it Disney? Is it worth buying your products? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a, a, a just a arcing slow ball. It's going to leave my hand just a nice bell curve and it's going to drop slightly behind home plate. And what I want you to do is rotate very quickly through the hips, follow that ball and knock it the hell out of here. All right. Uh, um, he continues. Also, is there a way we can add it for just certain parks on certain days? This, do you think that these are planted questions? I would guess that some of them are. Yeah. Because who asks this? <laughs> who writes in, hey, is it worth it for me to get the thing? These people are on subreddits. They're on Facebook groups. They have friends. They listen to pods. They don't have these things. I, I would be willing to bet that the person who wrote this question is not a real person. But they just want their, you know, their, it's like, a, it's like writing an FAQ for work. You're like, okay, what can, what's a common person to ask? What would someone ask? Yeah. yeah. Hey, Disney, should I go to Universal or Disney World on my next trip? <laughs> yeah. What do you think? You're right. Yeah. Hey, Disney, I'm thinking about never buying any of your, uh, <laughs> any of your products again because they're so expensive. Do you think that's a good choice? <laughs> Disney, I'm thinking about yelling at a cast member because I have to wear a mask. Should I do that? <laughs> Well, here's the response, and I'm going to try to... I didn't, I'm thinking about getting naked and fighting my sister. Should I, in your park, should I do that? Is that? Do you think it's a good choice? Should I jab, or should I lead with the jab, or should I just go right for the haymaker? What do you think I should do? What's a haymaker? Just like when you just like wildly swing, like put just the one, like all of your effort in a one punch is wild to like knock that person out. Uh, how do you like my haymaker? <laughs> put a little stank on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, hi, Matt. Thanks for taking the time to send in your question to plan Disney. I may not be a genie from Agrabah, but I can oh. help ensure your trip this August is magical. Oh. Your wish is my command. Oh. I know. I, I know. hate it so. I mean, all of these questions, they're just, they're just written for like, I'm going to insult people for, for boomers. They're written for like older moms, maybe younger grandmas. Like they're written for these kinds of people. They're not written for people like us. You know what I mean? Because I don't think people like that. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that people like this sort of interaction. It's like, no, listen, my mom's a boomer. She would read this and be like, what the hell is this crap? <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe I'm wrong. Then. Uh, simply put, Disney Genie Plus is an optional paid service that allows you to choose the next available time to arrive at various attractions and experiences using the Lightning Lane entrance. That is not simply put. That's the longest sentence I've ever read. <laughs> it certainly can save you valuable time instead of waiting in the standby queue. I mean, what are you, one of our poor guests? There are yeah. two ways to do it. One, if you're purchasing a new ticket or resort package from Walt Disney World, you can add Genie Plus to your entire ticket package for everyone in your party before checking out in your cart. Or two, you can purchase Disney Genie Plus on the morning of your park visit through the My Disney Experience app. The link will become available at midnight, but as long as you get it before 7 a.m., you'll be fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, That's easy as hell. And my favorite thing about vacation is setting the alarm before I would set it <laughs> if I was going to the office. <laughs> Oh, got to get up and get this because the link's up. So what, we have a seven hour window to get what we need to get. And then otherwise, what, we're screwed? Like, if, I don't yeah, get this. If we don't do it beforehand. This option is perfect. If you don't want to purchase Genie Plus for every day at the parks or don't want to buy it for certain members of your party, blah, blah, blah. I recommended purchasing it for a couple of days, blah, blah, blah. I think you get the biggest bang for your buck at Ma Magic Kingdom and Disney's Hollywood Studios. When you're at mm. Epcot and Disney's Animal Kingdom Park, consider just buying individual Lightning Lane for my personal favorites, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure and Avatar Flight of Passage. Like those both just happen to be their favorites. Yeah, the most two recent you know, rides out there. Yeah. It's like, are yeah. You For my me? two favorites, uh, you know, living off the land and the bathrooms just by, just past the uh, test track. Get yeah. Those. Vegetables on parade. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have another one. Okay. Do you want to, do you want to, I'll try to keep this one a little quicker. All right. <laughs> this is a long meandering story. It's fine. Um, I Here's a question. It. Yeah. I'm having a lot of trouble with the new to us services, Park Hopper, Genie, as I'm not very computer literate. Do you have personal helpers whom I can call to make reservations? We have the tickets. I just feel overwhelmed booking. So I actually do think this is from a real person because it's so weird. Yes. Like, yes. That's from a real person. Yeah. Yeah. Now here's the response. Hey, howdy. Hey, Heather. And welcome to Plan Disney. <sighs> I totally get where you are coming from. Totally. With a, res with a I resort do, as fellow. big as 
person. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good. I totally would get where you are coming from. With a resort as big as Walt Disney World, there are so many options from places to stay, theme parks to visit, dining locations, and ways to personally tour the resort. The trying to make things work often takes some studying to understand everything. Studying? This is an AP calc. I just <laughs> want to go on vacation. <laughs> I shouldn't have to study. So this person's then, saying that like, we have too much to offer and you need to do research. Well, yes. And I also think that there's something hidden in there is they're deflecting. They're saying it's mm-hmm. not because of the ridiculous web of systems we've added that are supposed to make things easier and right. and, and squeeze you for every penny. Yes. Those aren't making it confusing. It's just the size of the resort that's so crazy. And how many options we have for you? There are options. You don't have to do everything. Exactly. There's just so much to do. What right. will you do? Uh, the good part is you have a plan Disney team here to help you as well as a lot of other resources to make sense of things. <laughs> make sense of things. You need resources to understand our product now. You right. need a Make team. Sense of things. Yeah. You need a team to understand how to plan your vacation right now. Well, Jason, apparently the plan Disney panel just simply isn't enough to help guests make sense of all this mishkebobble. So Disney is here to save the day again with the launch of their new plan Disney podcast. Now you no longer need us to read these incredibly inauthentic responses to you because you'll have hosts doing it via a podcast and they've launched their new trailer for the new podcast. Would you like to hear it? Oh, I, yeah. Let's do it. I sent it to you. Okay, here Audio. We, here we go. I'm excited to announce the Plan Disney Podcast, presented by State Farm. Each episode will be jam-packed with insider tips and tricks to help you create the Disney vacation of a lifetime. It's like asking your friend who loves Disney for the inside scoop on everything. Oh. You don't want to miss our first episode, where we'll take a look at spring break in the Disney parks. Subscribe now so you'll never miss an update. Let us help you make your trip the most magical Disney vacation. I just need to get the cord around the neck and over the door, close the door. Like I also, it's not like asking your friend who loves Disney because people come and ask me who I allegedly love Disney. And I'm like, I don't even know how to start telling you about this. Okay. It's too confusing. I barely get it myself. All right. Go away. I mean, I I love like it's look, they say when you're doing voiceover and you want to be, you know, happy and upbeat, you smile because it comes across like I'm smiling right now. But this person is the Joker. I mean, sure, her, her her face ear to ear, and then it's it's also like the inflections and like the emphasis. It's like uh, you know, um, if I was going to read my story, it's like we talked a bit about the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser on this show and all the public relations issues Disney has. It's like, oh God. I hate it. I hate people like this. I hate audio presentation like this because it's so fake and they don't think that other people will see that it's fake they're selling bull crap to you they're trying to make it upbeat and cool and that's not what people want they think that you're stupid and they think that you're not going to catch on to this but it's so painfully obvious they just look ridiculous doing it It, i hate it i hate it i know i think um they've confused the difference between friendly and warm and welcoming and and completely inauthentic. Totally. And that's the problem with this. But I think there might be people who like enjoy this. So I I think that they are, they are, their people will listen to this to get the tips and tricks. But I think that if you ask them, they were like, yeah, the the delivery sort of isn't very cool or whatever. Right. But people, Mm. so that's the other thing. If your content is, is intriguing enough your delivery can suck and people are still going to listen to it. And that's right. why we have a, we have a fine balance of terrible delivery and terrible content. And that way, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why it bothers me so much. Maybe it's just being an eye in, in radio for so long. I just, I can't, I can't take inauthenticity and disingenuine line delivery. If you're happy, be happy, but don't be that happy because you come off as almost smug and, and I don't I just don't like it yeah yeah it's, it it's inauthentic well and it's also because it's so inauthentic it makes it makes you feel like they 
can they think they can fool you, which is sort of like a lack of respect for the listener, because it's like you won't know that I'm pulling the wool over your eyes. Right. And that's sort of why I have all these problems with Disney is it's not because it's me or, or, you know, ethically or, you know, whatever. It's incorrect for them to charge more or whatever. But it's they're taking advantage of people. And it's the same thing I talk about when I talk about why I hate clickbait articles like Inside the Magic and stuff like that, because they're taking advantage of people. They load those things with ads. Right. They make some sensational headline and they they know that people are going to fall for it and they're taking advantage right. of the Disney fan. The, the, the podcast, you know, not so much because they're not really making money there, I guess. I mean, it's a partnership with state farm, so that's why they're doing it. But it, so it's probably like a state farm asked them to do it, but it's like this, I, I don't know what it's, it's this hyper ridiculous enjoyment where, you know, they were probably told, make it, make it, make the hosts be really excited and that was it. And they're like, okay, this is my really excited voice. But this is why I love the format of our shows because it's just a radio. It's just a conversation. We're just talking, yeah. you know, I mean, right. there's streamlines and we have outlines and we plan and we do stuff, but I, I like conversational podcast and conversational information delivery much better than the pre-planned pre-scripted. I guarantee you that show is scripted. Where they'd be like, oh, yeah, right you are, Cassie. So, hey, Jeremy, uh, have, or, you know, hey, Ted, uh, you know, what, what's another uh, aspect that you really love about, um, about Dole Whips? You know, and it's like, funny uh, you should ask. Right. Yeah. Thanks for asking. I'm glad you asked that question. That kind of stuff. I was like, God, dude, it's so bad. Such a bad, it's just a bad way to present content. It's terrible. Well, they haven't released any episodes yet apart from that 30 second trailer, but they already have garnered a 4.8 rating on iTunes. Oh, of course they have. <laughs> and sure. comments, people are like, I can't wait for this. See, this is what I mean. They're waiting for the tips and tricks and stuff like that. But I guarantee you, if you and I did that show, we'd have the same. We'd probably have five stars. How about that? Oh, I would imagine we would. But here's the thing. I mean, they said that their first episode is going to di- delve into spring break at Disney World. And they haven't released it yet. It's like, guys, it's March 15th. The clock's ticking. Like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> well, right? they, like, they need to figure out Lightning Lane first. They haven't figured people, it out yet. <laughs> people, who are, people who are interested in getting the tips and tricks for spring break at Walt Disney World have already planned this trip and are probably on a plane right now. So it's too late. Yeah. You gotta, their, their podcast needs to be talking about fall food and wine at this point. Hmm. Right? Like yeah. People plan but, ahead. But I wonder if you can. Because I think for a podcast like that, they probably don't even know the date or the date's been announced. Or like what's going to be there. Here's the dates. I'll tell you what. Here's the dates. The whole fall. Okay. <laughs> okay July right. 5th through November. And so through Thanksgiving. Okay. All right. It might be off by a day. Well, there you go. Yeah. I don't know. So that's what's happening. I have, a, I do have a prediction. Okay. What's your prediction? I have a prediction that you have not heard the last clip from that podcast on ears up. In depth. <laughs> I hope not. Okay. I hope I, not. I think there's going to be more coming your way. You know what I, I say? To, you know what I say to that? Punch it. <laughs> all right. You all that done, Jer? That's it. All right. Uh, I got a quick short one here. It's just a little update from Disneyland. Uh, Disneyland plans to launch a two month project to improve traffic flow in New Orleans Square at a notoriously crowded pinch point near Pirates of the Caribbean ahead of the return of the Fantasmic Nighttime Spectacular along the rivers of America. Mm. The New Orleans square work will start after the pirates of the Caribbean attraction closes, uh, which it would be yesterday. So it's closed on March 14th for seasonal refurbishment and is scheduled to be complete before phantasmic returns on May 28th. So changes to the pirates of the Caribbean queue route will help traffic flow around the attraction and new Orleans square. The pirates of the Caribbean extended queue will be partially modified after the work is complete. So, they're changing the queue a little bit because often that whenever, even when we were going, they would have that overflow line out there quite a lot. Y- you're right. Sorry. Really loud thunder and lightning. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just suddenly you turn ever so slowly to your left and I'm like, Oh my God, is there a knife going to come into view? Well, I, I just kept seeing flashes of light and then I was like, yeah. and then I was like, worried that you could hear the thunder we have like we've had like tornado warnings all night too so oh geez wow <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to throw off your don't story get, no no i was just concerned for the boy that's all Today is mother nature is intruding on our show that's right 
Uh, all phantasmic viewing areas and platforms along the rivers of America will remain unchanged with trees and green space reintroduced after work is complete. Some of the raised platforms and stairs along the rivers of America near Pirates of the Caribbean will be lowered as part of the New Orleans Square work. In recent months, the phantasmic mist screens and fountains in the rivers of America have been undergoing an extensive rehab in preparation for the nighttime spectacular's 30th anniversary celebration. Okay. Yeah. So if you go into the app right now, uh, guests will see closed for refurbishment under the um, Pirates of the Caribbean you know, listing or whatever with the following statement saying Pirates of the Caribbean will be closed for refurbishment beginning March 14th and, and expected to reopen early summer 2022. All right. Well, that's good. You know, it is a bit of a pinch point over there. It really is, man. It really is. And especially with, uh, you know, Fantasmic coming back, it's going to be even worse. So, yeah, when Fantasmic's there, it's a disaster. You can't yeah. get through. Oh, no, absolutely not. There's no getting through there. Okay, well, that's good. I hope that they don't do one of the things that I like about that area. And someone was talking about this on Twitter the other day was um, that you don't you don't know that a show takes place there. If you walk through there during the day, most of the show equipment is pretty much just mm-hmm. hidden or really well disguised. And Fantasmic just sort of blooms. Yeah, because they have the, the lights and the, the speakers come out of the ground. Out of the ground. Yeah, it's right. great. Yeah. It was in comparison to Harmonious, which has humongous <laughs> apparatus that sits there and stares all day like the uh, waiting for something to happen. And then even when it's doing stuff, it's kind of like weird and awkward and you know, like distracts from whatever story they're oh, telling. But yeah. that was that's the beauty of Fantasmic is it just sort of blossoms out of the out of the rivers and out of the pavement and then it goes away, <laughs> you know, because it was designed by true Imagineers back in the early 90s. So God bless. That's right. Not these charlatans. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I'm sorry. It's all right. Uh, That's all I got. I'm done. Okay. Well, that was great. I mean, you know, who knew that we were going to have stuff to talk about, but we did. That's right. Well, you know, we are the true, uh, I don't know, the modern day um, people. Oh, uh, Deep Throat? (laughs) Who was uh, Woodward and Bernstein? Yeah. That's who we are. Yeah. Are you all right? I don't know. Um, all right, everybody. Watergate. What are you talking about, Jeremy? Yeah, was that Woodward yeah. and Bernstein? No, it sure was. That sure was, dude. And uh, their famous source, Deep Throat. Who, uh, did we ever find out who that person was? Did they ever get outed? No, I think it was my doll, Midge. <laughs> Probably was. She was actually Deep Throat. Oh, like man. Well, congrats to her. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, all right. Thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in. As Jeremy was saying, next week we have a show. Uh, you're going to be on it, right, Jeremy? Yeah. History and of the Polynesian Village Music. Yeah, that'll be a good time. And then something else, too. I'm sure we have. Oh, I think Bev's doing a thing. I don't remember. I don't know what's going on over here. But uh, we're doing a cool thing. And that's great. Uh, we just have. Uh, let's see. What else should I plug? Um, Supreme Resort just had a show drop, I think. I know Bantha Milk guys just had a show drop uh, as well. You can go back and listen to our show from last week from the main show. It was the history of adventures through inner space. Jeremy. Oh, I haven't land. listened to it yet. I downloaded it yesterday because I was going to listen to it on my walk, and then I didn't want to take a walk. Uh, <laughs> fair. Totally fair. It's true. Uh, whenever I don't want to take a walk, I just put on a podcast and I just lay on my back and I do the bicycle for 45 minutes, pretending to walk in the air. I'm kidding. I don't do that. Uh, it was a good show. It was cool. I, you know, I, I think it was, uh, it was fun. It was fun to, to learn about the, an old ride like that that still has a lot of nostalgia. You guys always find history where I never thought that there would be any. See? That's right. And we do it like this. We, we love finding <laughs> history right. uh, all over the place. It's so good. History is great. Anyway, uh, thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, until next time, we'll see you. Oh, my gosh. I was just in there. The lights were low.